Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Because Passover was last week, I've been thinking a lot about God and how, in the stories a lot of us were told, God sometimes does great things, and then God sometimes does things that make God seem kind of like a jerk, which is actually a very human quality, something that today's book gets at in an interesting angle. It's a graphic novel from Liana Fink titled Let There Be Light, and it's a retelling of some of these Old Testament stories through a unique perspective, where God is a woman who loves men. She absolutely adores them. But then these men do these awful things that men do that frustrate her and make her feel miserable, to the point where, you know, flooding the earth seems like a viable option. It's a way to empathize with God that I've never heard before, and Fink tells NPR Scott Simon that writing it was a way of connecting with the religion she'd been drifting away from. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You've heard the stories in Leona Fink's new graphic novel, Let There Be Light, but never quite in the way they're presented here in words and drawings. God is a woman. She creates life and the world and gets lonely. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, begetting and idol-worshipping Abraham, Isaac, Rebecca, Esau, Noah, and his ark all appear reimagined by the artist and writer. Leona Fink, whose cartoons regularly appear in The New Yorker, joins us now from Brooklyn. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. You didn't come to uh, to what are known as the scriptures exactly as a stranger for this project, did you? No, I was raised Jewish and I went to Hebrew day schools as a kid and we were relatively observant. We went to synagogue, we did Friday night. I, I think I've been kind of drifting away from it but also loving the stories. And it, it put me in a weird position, like, where, where do I get the stories if I'm not observing? And this was my answer. I was very touched by your phrase uh, when you write about this in the afterword that you spent, you spent a lot of time, uh, I'll quote your words to you, reconciling the timeless parts of Genesis with the horrific parts. Um, I, I just kind of gloss over the horrific parts in general. I I, I so much think of the Torah as just a story and like a, a beautiful window into the way people thought thousands of years ago and the way people were thousands of years ago. But in in retelling the story as my story, it it struck me that I couldn't tell certain things just straight. Like I I, I didn't agree with a lot of the things in there, and it was weirdly my first time reconciling myself to the differences in the way we see things now from the way we did then. I have to ask, why is God a woman and not a genderless non-binary entity? It's a self-portrait. I I think I don't write fiction because I don't really know how to invent characters. I just know how to put myself into a character. So even when I read the Torah, I, I can't really fathom an old man with a beard creator I can only fathom kind of a childish 
sweet, very flawed person taking a lot of joy in making things and then feeling really angry at herself for not making something better. Well, I mean, to, to, to take us through your portrayal a bit, she creates the world and then discovers that she's lonely. I found that quite moving. I don't even remember if that's in the real Torah. It's so clear to me that, that that's how God felt. And that's why God created humans. And then there's the comic moment when Adam and Eve come into being and Eve, she sees she is without clothes and she feels mortified about something, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. She feels fat <laughs> because apples do have calories. It's not a perfectly guilt-free food like a carrot. And this is my old, old way of thinking. I don't think this way anymore. I've worked hard at it. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, um, well, at one point, God looks down from her heavens and she, she's just appalled by what she feels humans have made of the world and all the wickedness that's uh, awash on the globe. She makes what you call a horrendous decision. Yeah, she's mostly horrified at what men have done. They're kind of, they're like uh, curse word starters. They they like to start things and bad things and they like murder. They like to get high. They like to have fun in ways that hurt other people. And these people reflect her also and they lie. Like she, she realizes that this exists inside of her if her creations are doing this and She's always kind of had a crush on men as opposed to women in in my story so that's the that's complicated for her. She she loves men and she hates men and she realizes she has to destroy the world and start over because of course the next project that you've never that you haven't made yet is always potentially perfect whereas the thing you've made is not perfect. Well, I'd like you to read the section that we might call Noah and the Ark. Okay. Our heroine cried for 40 days and 40 nights. God's love of her creations had eroded imperceptibly over time. There had been the episode with the tree of knowledge and the terrible murder of Abel by Cain, but it wasn't until now that the misery poured out of her in all its brutal force. In other ways, though, she was profoundly happy. The way she felt about Noah, it was a new way to feel. As for Noah, who knows if he felt it too? He must have felt something, though, all things considered. Finally, it, whatever it was, stopped. She wasn't crying anymore. She no longer wanted to destroy the world. Then she remembered her friends and blew the standing waters away. Notice the uh, product placement for all things considered, because uh, on on the on the eighth day, God created Susan Stamberg, and uh, it was good. In any event, um, <laughs> and then there was some fresh air. <laughs> yes, and then fresh air. It it all followed uh, up until wait, wait, don't tell me. God, yeah. <laughs> God's work was being done. Um, you suggest here a God that's not all powerful, but merely plenty powerful and capable of being vindictive and cruel if she's cruel it's it's from love she just loves this guy and and it's from expect expecting a lot she expected a lot of her humans and they didn't live up to her expectations so she's kind of blowing everything up in the pictures you can see how clueless she is towards noah and how he's really suffering here because he doesn't love her back she's too big for him to love 
If you're at a Seder dinner this weekend, will you, uh, as they read from the Haggadah, will you be thinking, oh, I could draw that. I know how I can change that. Yeah, I, I bet I'll feel more connected to the Haggadah this year than I usually do. The Seder is so long that I'm usually just focused on my own discomfort than on the words. There are places in the world and people even here you would offend for having the temerity to draw a picture of God and to change the image and to change the words and to change the story. Part of me would like people to notice the book enough to be mad about it. I mean, not too much. Yeah, I, I would love to ruffle feathers a tiny bit, especially because I, I genuinely like the story as I'm telling it. I'm not telling it to turn my back on my my culture. I'm writing it as my way of connect, reconnecting with my culture. Leanna Fink's new graphic novel, Let There Be Light. Thank you so much for being with us, and please give our best to your God. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.